Hello everyone and welcome to the Redeemed by His Grace podcast. In this episode, I aim to raise awareness about a lesser known issue within the porn industry, sex or human trafficking. The topic of human trafficking is often overlooked when discussing pornography, and it's crucial to recognize that the individuals depicted in these videos or photos could be victims of human trafficking and abuse. Through this discussion, may we become more informed and mindful consumers ensuring that we do not unknowingly contribute to this exploitative industry and let us stop the demand for porn consumption so that we can put a stop to human trafficking. Let us open in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we pray for those caught in the cycle of addiction, whether it be porn, sex, or any other form. May they find the strength and resolve to break free from these addictions and live in accordance with your word. Grant them the ability to experience genuine intimacy one day, forsaking the counterfeit intimacy the world offers. For those involved in the porn industry, open their eyes to the truth that your design for human sexuality is far more beautiful and fulfilling. Guide them towards a path of salvation and eternal life through your Son, Jesus. Above all, we earnestly pray for all victims of human trafficking and abuse, regardless of age. Bring an end to this horrifying industry and provide comfort and healing to those who have suffered its grasp. Guide law enforcement to the people if they are being held against their will and bring the perpetrators to justice. In the mighty name of Jesus, we offer these prayers. Amen. Welcome everyone to today's show. In this episode, we will be delving into a heavy topic, human trafficking within the context of the porn industry. Many individuals, including myself, may not have been aware that some of the people depicted in porn films could be victims of trafficking or abuse. Now that this knowledge has come to my attention, I find myself reflecting on certain images from past porn films that I've seen. The expressions and behavior displayed by some individuals in those videos makes me wonder whether they might have been victims themselves. While I cannot confirm this, just the possibility of it is haunting. All the information I gathered for this episode can be found on fightthenewdrug.org. FTND is a non-religious and non-legislative nonprofit that exists to provide individuals the opportunity to make an informed decision regarding pornography by raising awareness on its harmful effects using only science, facts, and personal accounts, aiming to decrease the demand for sexual exploitation through education while helping individuals live empowered lives free from the harmful effects of pornography. I'm going to highlight some key points from some of the articles I read, and the idea is to let all this information speak for itself. Let's begin with how sex trafficking is legally defined. According to fightthenewdrug.org, in their article, 15 Facts About Human Sex Trafficking, sex trafficking is legally defined as a situation in which a commercial sex act is induced by force, fraud, or coercion, or in which the person induced to perform such act has not attained 18 years of age. That means that sex trafficking doesn't always involve kidnapping or physical force. And they go on to say, as an example, if a porn performer shows up on set to discover that the scene is much more aggressive or degrading than they'd been told, and their agent threatens to cancel their other bookings if the performer doesn't go through with it, that's trafficking. And pornography is the third most common form of sex trafficking according to cases reported to the National Human Trafficking Hotline. In the article, Five Real Stories of Porn Performers Who Were Trafficked Into the Industry, they state, Modern sex trafficking shares a variety of symbiotic connections to pornography. Number one, 
sex trafficking victims can be forced, tricked, or coerced into pornography production. Number two, porn performers can be trafficked into acts they didn't consent to. Number three, porn can be used to groom trafficking victims and train them on what is expected of them. Number four, porn can normalize sexual violence and objectification to the extent that in some cases, the desensitization of consumers can manifest in more willingness to buy sex, thus increasing the demand for sexual exploitation and sex trafficking. Further stating, the vast majority of human trafficking victims come from vulnerable populations, and of the approximately 24.9 million victims of forced labor, an estimated 4.8 million, about 19%, are trafficked for sex. Even more disturbingly, more than one in five sex trafficking victims, an estimated 21%, are children, according to one report of the domestic minor trafficking victims who had been forced into porn production the average age they began being filmed was 12.8 years old from the article by the numbers is the porn industry connected to sex trafficking in order of likelihood the most common pre-existing conditions that made underage sex trafficking victims vulnerable to trafficking according to a report of prosecuted trafficking cases are Number one, having run away from home, 63%. Number two, being in foster care, 22%. Number three, having substance dependency, 18%. Number four, experiencing homelessness, 9%. And number five, having been trafficked in the past, 9%. In the article, Not All Porn is Consensual, performers share their experiences on porn sets where they were abused and a question arises of why didn't they fight back. And the answer is, in situations like these, most people want to ask why. Why didn't they say stop, fight back, or run away? Why did they say it was okay when it wasn't? But besides these questions, ignoring the why, these performers were being treated that way in the first place, it's not so simple. Here's why. Porn performers may fear for their physical safety, career prospects, and, as we discussed above, their financial security. In one performer's case, named Raven, she didn't want to spoil her reputation as a professional and feared what would happen if she said no or told the truth about what happened while in the room with the guy who just physically assaulted her. She was the only woman at the shoot with men physically larger than she and no car to make a getaway if she decided to run. For another performer, it came down to her needing the paycheck to survive. And as I was compiling all this information, I was going to share one of the performer's stories for this episode, but they were very difficult to read and I didn't want to be too graphic. So for more information, you can visit the article Not All Porn is Consensual on FightTheNewDrug.org. Keeping in mind, view them at your own risk. However, I feel it's important to know what these people have been through. For all of us who have been consumers of pornography, realizing what we may have watched could have been someone's abuse or rape is too serious to ignore. In the article, 15 Ways Porn is Connected to Real Sexual Violence, it states, Number 1. Research suggests that frequent porn consumers are less likely to intervene during a sexual assault. Number 2. Nearly half of porn scenes, or 48.7%, contain verbal aggression, according to a study of popular porn videos. Number 3. Studies show that people who consume porn frequently are more likely to support sexual violence. Number 4. Qualitative research reveals that young women often feel pressured to play out the scripts their male partners had learned from porn. They feel badgered into having sex in uncomfortable positions, 
faking sexual responses, and consenting to unpleasant or painful acts. Number five, research shows that women are almost always the targets of violence or aggression in porn about 97% of the time. Number six, reports show that those who sexually abuse children often show their victims porn to groom them or normalize sexual abuse. Number seven, longitudinal qualitative research has found that young people's narratives surrounding anal sex often encourage coercion, pain, and other risky behaviors, and that they often attribute these narratives to pornography, as it can normalize sexual behaviors and attitudes. Number eight, research shows that porn consumption is a significant predictor of sexual entitlement. Number nine, According to a UK survey of over 22,000 adult women, 16% reported having been forced or coerced to perform sex acts the other person had seen in porn. Number 10. Research suggests that frequent porn consumers are more likely to victim-blame survivors of sexual violence. Number 11. Studies show that frequent porn consumers are more likely to carry out sexual violence in real life. Number 12. A 2016 meta-analysis of 22 studies from seven countries found that internationally the consumption of pornography was significantly associated with increases in sexual aggression, both verbally and physically among males and females alike. Number 13, researchers have found that approximately 95% of the targets of violence or aggression in porn appeared either neutral to the abuse or were depicted as responding with pleasure. Number 14, a 2018 study found that an estimated one in three young Australians reported being repeatedly exposed to violent depictions of sex in porn within the last year of their lives. Number 15, 44.6% of underage sex trafficking victims experienced childhood sexual abuse before entry into the commercial sex industry. Other instances of sex trafficking involve scams. In the article, 18 women reportedly trafficked by the largest porn company in the Czech Republic, news has recently broken of yet another scam where young women lured by the promise of a modeling gig have later been manipulated into shooting porn. In the article, in Minnesota, porn is now officially recognized as a contributor to human trafficking, it states, The truth you won't hear in our sex-obsessed and porn-saturated society is this. There are all kinds of connections, big and small, between pornography and sex trafficking. There are incidental connections, like the fact that exposure to pornography has been shown to make viewers less compassionate toward victims of sexual violence and exploitation. See how consuming porn can lead to violence. There are supply and demand connections. The simple fact that pornography, especially when viewing habits and fantasies, involve violence or other fetishes, increases the demand for sex trafficking, as more and more viewers want to act out what they see. There is the training manual connection, the well-documented fact that porn directly informs what goes on in trafficking. Traffickers and sex buyers get ideas from porn and then make their victims watch as a way of showing them what they'll be expected to do, so that the violent fantasy concocted by some porn director and his or her actors becomes the reality for some trafficking victim. And then there is the risk factor connection, the fact that along with poverty and substance abuse, a child growing up in a home where pornography is regularly consumed is far more likely to be trafficked at some point in his or her life. 
I also listened to a podcast episode on YouTube by Exodus Cry, an organization with the mission statement of committed to abolishing sex trafficking and breaking the cycle of commercial sexual exploitation while assisting and empowering its victims. On the episode, The Connection Between Porn and Sex Trafficking, Helen Taylor interviews Benjamin Nalat, the CEO and founder of Exodus Cry. He explained the five specific ways that pornography was overlapping and intersecting with sex trafficking. He states, number one, using porn to market the women who were being used in prostitution. So if you go to Amsterdam, they have pornographic cards made up of women who are actually being sold in the windows and they'll hand them out to you and say, hey, if you wanna buy such and such, go here. And so pornography was being used to market the people in prostitution who were being commercially exploited, many of them sex trafficking victims. So that was the first thing. Number two, he states, the second was that beyond just the marketing of the women using pornography to market them, we began as we were talking to trafficking victims, we discovered that a lot of them had been forced to appear in pornography, which was another important discovery because it changes your whole perspective of pornography when you realize that a lot of these women who are sex trafficked are being forced to appear in pornography. So for the viewer who is behind the screen, when you click on that button, you really don't know who it is that you're watching. And some people would say that, you know, but I just stick to the mainstream pornography. Number three, he states, the third one we discovered was that there is an element of trafficking that happens even in the mainstream, quote-unquote, above-board industry. So there is a cover narrative of the mainstream porn industry that would say, all these women are empowered, they're liberated, they choose this, this is what they deserve, this is what they want. There's this idea that there is this subclass of human beings who exist for no other purpose than to be used sexually. Number four, he states, the role that it plays in cultivating the demand for illicit sex. And number five, he states, pornography was used to groom victims and specifically victims of child sex trafficking. In a video from fightthenewdrug.org, Susan Norris, founder and executive director of Rescuing Hope Incorporated, an organization committed to enlightening the public about sex trafficking in America, educating potential victims and first responders, and empowering advocates and survivors. She states in reference to porn performers, All of them have said that it's horrific, that it is not the glamorous scene that it appears from the other side of the screen. That you're being raped and pillaged, not just by experiencing the event, but you have lights, you have cameras, you have the sound boom that's over your head, and if the director doesn't get the exact angle that he wants, they yell cut, and you have to endure it all over again and appear as if you are enjoying it and actually wanting it. That's some of the most degrading experiences that a human being can go through. Based on what we're learning from those who are purchasing sex, porn plays a huge role in that. It desensitizes us of the fact that people are a commodity, that you can take someone, you can do what you want with them, how you want to. It's very much like a drug addiction and that you just want more and more and eventually you won't be able to view enough to get the dopamine release your brain needs and you'll go after it and want to experience it. In light of all of this information, how can we make effective change to stop the demand for porn consumption and ultimately end human trafficking? In the article, I stopped watching porn after I learned about trafficking in the industry. It states, in one study, the majority of porn-consuming participants never looked for information about how studios treated their performers. But once they learned about how porn performers can be mistreated in the industry, 70% took action to combat it. 
This study shows the importance of advocacy work and raising awareness on exploitation in the porn industry. It goes on to state, Porn promotes the idea that people are just body parts, nothing more. When a consumer sees pornographic images, research shows that they detach the performers on screen from their humanity and see them as nothing more than objects. Someone wrote to the Fight the New Drug team and explained how they were exposed to pornographic imagery at 11 years old and their journey to considering porn differently, explaining, quote, As I grew up, my attachment became stronger and stronger to pornography. Later, I started to notice my depression when I would decide to stop watching it. The more I got away from it, the more depression I felt. I started to educate myself about it and its negative side effects. I learned how harmful it can be. Going on to say, Once when I was hovering with my mouse over a video, I thought about how each click helps to tie another human being into lifelong participation in the industry. I started to question my ethical standards and my very human values. What was I really contributing to? Step by step, I moved a few steps backward to see the whole picture. I started to build my anti-porn and anti-objectification mindset, which is what led me to the start of my freedom. I now see that when I point to someone's body for my own enjoyment and entertainment, it's a humiliation for both me and the other person, especially if they never chose to be there in the first place. In conclusion, we can draw several key points from this information. Firstly, an undeniable link exists between porn and human trafficking. If you weren't aware of this connection, it's crucial to educate yourself on this issue. Secondly, the primary victims of trafficking often come from vulnerable populations and this exploitation occurs even within the regulated porn industry. Even if you aim for ethical consumption by supporting mainstream actors, there's no assurance that these individuals haven't experienced trafficking or abuse on set. To combat human trafficking, it's essential to begin by stopping the demand for porn. According to fightthenewdrug.org, raise awareness to stop the demand for pornography and sexual exploitation. As long as there's a demand for porn, especially porn that is extreme, abusive, or degrading, the porn industry will continue to meet that demand. Stop the demand for exploitation. Not only is there virtually no standard system in place to confirm age or consent in porn, but there is virtually no formal system for reporting and addressing industry abuse in a way that holds abusers accountable while keeping performers safe. While stopping the demand is one step, the most crucial one is understanding the spiritual effects of pornography. You must be made a new creation in Christ to understand the spiritual ramifications of consuming porn. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 28, Jesus states, But I tell you that everyone who looks upon a woman to lust after her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. By looking at anyone who is not your wife or husband whom you should be married to, you are committing adultery in your heart. You are lusting after someone who is not your wife or husband. Jesus goes on to say in verses 29 through 30, If your right eye makes you stumble and leads you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. That is, remove yourself from the source of temptation, for it is better for you to lose one of the parts of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. If your right hand makes you stumble and leads you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. That is, remove yourself from the source of temptation, for it is better for you to lose one of the parts of your body than for your whole body to go into hell. The Life Application Study Bible Notes for Matthew chapter 5, verses 28-30 through 30 state, The Old Testament law said that it was wrong for a person to have sex with someone other than his or her spouse. 
Exodus chapter 20, verse 14. But Jesus said that the desire to have sex with someone other than your spouse is mental adultery and thus sin. Jesus emphasized that if the act is wrong, then so is the intention. To be faithful to your spouse with your body but not your mind is to break the trust so vital to a strong marriage. Jesus is condemning not natural interest in the opposite sex or even healthy sexual desire, but the deliberate and repeated filling of one's mind with fantasies that would be evil if acted out. Some think that if lustful thoughts are sin, why shouldn't a person go ahead and do the lustful actions too? Acting out sinful desires is harmful in several ways. Number one, it causes people to excuse sin rather than to stop sinning. Number two, it destroys marriages. Number three, it is deliberate rebellion against God's word. Number four, it always hurts someone else in addition to the sinner. Sinful actions are more dangerous than sinful desires, and that is why desires should not be acted out. Nevertheless, sinful desires are just as damaging to obedience. Left unchecked, wrong desires will result in wrong actions and turn people away from God. When Jesus said to get rid of your hand or your eye, he was speaking figuratively. He didn't mean literally to gouge out your eye because even a blind person can lust. But if that were the only choice, it would be better to go into heaven with one eye or hand than go to hell with two. We sometimes tolerate sins in our life that, left unchecked, could eventually destroy us. It is better to experience the pain of removal, getting rid of a bad habit or something we treasure, for instance, than to allow the sin to bring judgment and condemnation. Examine your life for anything that causes you to sin and take every necessary action to remove it. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18, we are told, Run away from sexual immorality in any form, whether thought or behavior, whether visual or written. Every other sin that a man commits is outside the body, but the one who is sexually immoral sins against his own body. Sex, which was originally intended as a beautiful act within the marriage covenant, has been distorted and degraded through sin since Genesis. It's portrayed unrealistically and harmfully in pornography, setting unrealistic expectations in people's sex lives. God created sex for enjoyment within the confines of marriage between one man and one woman. Anything else is considered a sin. Fleeing sexual immorality is commanded because it causes harm in both our earthly lives and costs us our souls in eternity. As we conclude, my hope for this episode is to bring much-needed attention to the link between pornography consumption and human sex trafficking. During my struggle with porn addiction, I was unaware of this connection, and there may be others who are equally unaware. Even if you aim to watch content featuring mainstream porn actors, it's impossible to know if they are victims themselves. Pornography usage is not aligned with God's intended purpose for our sexuality. In this fallen world, sin has distorted and perverted something as beautiful as sex, so I urge people to reconsider their actions. My porn addiction left me feeling lonely, depressed, and miserable until a moment when I decided to pray for the person I was sexting with online. In an unexpected way, God intervened and woke me up. I haven't watched porn or listened to an adult audio content in five years. If God could help me, I believe he can do the same for anyone else listening. Don't hesitate to take any struggle, whether it's pornography addiction or any other, to God. Nothing is hidden from him. He's waiting to hear from you. As Luke chapter 15 verse 7 says, There is more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and turns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. So turn to God today. Repent, which means to view sin as God does. Turn away from it and don't look back. 
whether it's pornography or anything else, and place your trust in Jesus for salvation. Find a way to get yourself grounded in a doctrinally sound church and connected with a strong Christian community who can help keep you accountable. The road to freedom from porn isn't easy, but it's not impossible, and God is with you every step of the way. Let us end in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you today asking for your guidance and intervention. We lift up all those who have tuned into this broadcast. May the content shared here provoke deep reflection on the hidden realities of the pornography industry and its ties to human sex trafficking. We recognize that the only way to combat these dark practices is to expose them, as your word in Ephesians chapter 5 verse 11 teaches us. Don't participate in the fruitless works of darkness, but instead expose them. We understand that silence can be seen as complicity, so we strive to be beacons of truth and righteousness. Help us to be courageous advocates for what is just and true in alignment with your will. May this broadcast serve as a platform to shed light on these issues and inspire positive change. We also humbly pray for those ensnared by the chains of pornography addiction. Grant them the strength to break free from this bondage so they can join the fight against this addiction and be a source of support for others in similar struggles. Help them find a solid doctrinal church and church community who will help them with accountability so they aren't facing addiction alone. Our hearts ache for the victims of human trafficking. We pray you will provide them with your unwavering comfort and solace. For those held against their will, we implore you to ensure that justice prevails and that these human trafficking rings are dismantled. Bless the tireless efforts of the agencies and officers on the front lines of this battle and lead the abused and oppressed to your son Jesus where they may find solace for their burdens and salvation for their souls. In the mighty name of Jesus we pray, amen. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time on the Redeemed by His Grace podcast.